not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. And oftentimes, the most righteous thing you can do is shake the table. I'm asking you to believe, not in my ability to bring about change, but in yours. There is always light, if only we're brave enough to see it, if only we're brave enough to be it. What's up, Bulls, and welcome to Lead On Podcast, a podcast designed to foster leadership development by talking to real leaders. Let's lean in and lead on. Hey, Bulls, you're here with Sarah and Kelsey, and we're so excited to introduce to you Julie Schrama, the Student and Academic Affairs Coordinator at Jacobs School of Medicine and Biological Sciences at UB. Julie graduated from St. John Fisher College in 2013 and continued on to Canisius College to pursue her master's degree in college student personnel administration. Upon graduating with her master's, she worked at Lemoyne and then moved to UB in 2016, working in residential life prior to her current role. Julie's passion is contagious. She's a natural leader with spunk and drive. I have had the pleasure of knowing Julie since I was in high school when she was my advisor for the YMCA Leaders Program. Julie has provided me with some great advice, and we are so excited to have her here today to talk to you all. Thanks, Julie, for your time today. How are you doing? Hi, everyone. I'm good. How are you guys? Doing great. Thanks for joining us today. (laughs) You have a nice restful weekend. Yes. Good. Good. (laughs) All good things. We're, We're really excited to talk to you today, so thanks for joining us. So, Julie, we'll go ahead and jump right into the first question. Uh, We'd love to know, what makes you a leader? Yeah, so this is a great question, and I really tried to reflect on this before this podcast because I listened to your other podcasts, and I know you asked this question. When I first heard it, I was like, oh, my gosh, that's so intimidating. Like, what what do you mean what makes me a leader, right? Um, And I think personally for me is – my journey to where I am now has really shaped me into a leader. So I feel like I've done a lot of work on myself to figure out what the core is to leadership. So I started in high school, as I mentioned, or as Kelsey mentioned, actually, um, at the YMCA Leaders Program. And that was an awesome opportunity for me as a as a kid to really have a, an outlet for people to talk about those things. And we had a special part of our program dedicated to values. So we would talk about our personal values. um, And that was something that teenagers don't talk about. So um, from that young age, like I really was inspired to continue to really reflect in that. And then I went to high or college, college after high school and college, it it almost started to feel like a resume situation, right? Like Mm -hmm. I got involved in everything and, and not necessarily for my resume, but because I really liked it everything I was doing, but it started to feel just so overwhelming. And so through that, I'm like, okay, leadership is not necessarily being involved in everything possible. Um, but it's learning how to be dedicated to the things that you do like, and also to yourself. Right. And so then I went to grad school and went through UB and, and all those experiences have really taught me about patience and understanding other people and, um, not needing to be the loudest person in the group. And sometimes like that was something that I always was like, I'm just a loud person and Kelsey will know that (laughs) from the YMCA. And so (laughs) I always defined my leadership by how loud I was or how many friends like I was making. And now that I am turning the crisp age of 30, which is 
fun. Um, <laughs> I've really been able to reflect on what's actually made me a leader through all this time. And I think for me, it's empathy and um, leading with empathy and being able to talk to people about their lives and to be able to understand where they're coming from. And I think if you lead with empathy, you are going to be a leader that people want to be around, but you're also going to be a leader that is able to make a difference in people's lives. Um, so that, that would be it for me. And I also, my, my like motto when working with people is I'm never going to ask anybody to do anything I wouldn't do myself. So, you know, if that means we're at an event, I plan a lot of events now and, and we have to pick up garbage. Like I'm not going to ask somebody to pick up garbage if I also wouldn't stop what I was doing to pick up garbage. So I think that is an empathetic um, way to lead. And I, and that has become my style and, and what's important to me. That's awesome. Um, I really liked how you talked to us kind of like on your whole journey and like, especially for students that are listening that are whether they're first years or sophomores, junior, seniors to kind of reflect on where they are and where they want to go um, in their leadership, like growth journey. Um, so kind of going off of that, how do you continue to grow and develop as a leader? That's a good question. I think, I think sometimes that part of growing as a leader isn't something that I'm always thinking about, if I'm quite honest with you. Like I'm not every day, I don't wake up and I'm like, how am I going to be the best leader today? Or how am I going to change my leadership journey today? Um, But I think it's about those like small moments for me where I stand back and I'm like, oh wait, I'm actually making a difference in what I'm doing right now. Or um, what I, that conversation I just had with a student totally impacted their whole day. Or a student will call me from three years ago asking to be a reference for something that they always dreamed to do, right? Like I've gotten so many requests for different grad school opportunities or jobs. And those were the jobs that three years ago, they couldn't stop talking about how amazing it would be if they could get that job. And so those are the moments I think for me that keep continue to inspire my leadership journey and um, I stay on top of it and, and do some self-work because it's important to, for me and the students I work with, but also it's important to my family. Like it's important for my relationship with my husband that I do some self-growth and that I'm always discovering new things about myself and how to be a better person. So I think leadership, sometimes I think we think of it as you have to be a leader in your community or at school, or you have to be president of a club, but you can be a good leader by being a good daughter or a good daughter-in-law or wife or friend. Um, And that role modeling of taking care of yourself can be really important for the people around you. Yeah, absolutely. And kind of going off of that point too, I know you mentioned before, um, leadership kind of feels like being dedicated to things that you do like. Um, so talk to mm-hmm. us a little bit. It's about some of maybe those programs or organizations that you love, um, that you've been a part of either your whole life or something that you've just recently started um, that's really helped you grow and develop. Yeah, so I think um, it's not necessarily a program, but, uh, and I know I know it's like so well known now, but I, a couple years ago, really was blown away by Brene Brown and mm-hmm. um, the, like, gifts of imperfection and learning about vulnerability 
And her TED talk just like knocked me on the ground. I was like, oh my God, I, I, wow. I didn't know I had a problem like this until I'm listening to her talk about it. And I'm like, hmm, I got to do some self-work here. So um, that's what I actually share with students quite a bit because I, I do find, and I'm sure you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. And people listening, our students, I know you know exactly what I'm talking about, but there's this there's this culture at UB and especially in the medical school to be perfect all the time. Yep. Right. And you have to be the best in your class. You have to be the best at this. You have to be the best president and you have to make all these changes. Everything has to be amazing. And you have to keep all these balls up in the air and you hold yourself to such a high expectation that just isn't realistic or attainable or necessarily good for you. And so that for me has been really important for my own leadership is like learning like how to take care of myself and how to be vulnerable and how to just be like real with the people around me of like, yeah, I'm not feeling it today. Or like, I'm just going to let you know what's on my mind. Like here, here's where we're at, you know, and, and that directness I think is a good, is a good role modeling. Um, I, for me in college, I don't think I would have been successful in college if I wasn't involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know, student engagement in general, like I, now I think there's, I think you can be over-involved. I was a little over-involved. Um, but for me, it was like, I love theater and I love drama. And so I was in drama club and I love student government and I was in student government and I also liked video production. So I was in a movie. And so we did all these things and at the core of why I was doing all of them was really for like the human connection of all of it is like, that's what all my friends were doing. And I wanted to make new friends and I wanted to make a difference at my school. And, you know, I was class president because I wanted to plan senior week and I wanted to have a hand in graduation. And so I don't think any of my leadership was selfish by any means, but I think I was, um, I pushed myself too hard that makes sense. Um, but I'm also one of those people that I always did poorly in school when I didn't have a lot of things going on. So I almost like needed that involvement to keep me accountable in school. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like, especially at UB, like our student engagement office is awesome. And we have so many clubs and activities for people to get involved in. So I think it's important to take a look at that. And that's actually my first response when students come to me and they're like, well, I'm overwhelmed. I can't make friends. Like I'm having a hard time in school. I'm like, join a club. And they're like, what do you mean join a club? Like I have to study. And I'm like, you need to join a club. You need to give yourself something more than just your academics for just like a second, you know, like you have to just breathe and be a human. Um, And I'm finding that also with medical school. Like we have clubs and, and organizations there as well. And we also have a lot of different committees, wellness committees, where students are just, they're, especially this year, desperate for human connection, right? And that's where you're going to find it. So if anyone's sitting at home being like, well, this sounds great that you lead all this stuff. I want to have human connection. Uh, yeah, go uh, get involved in a club. And, I, and I'm sure that there are many, many opportunities that you will be willing to share with everyone. Yeah, definitely. And I think um, starting at UB Linked um, for our student listeners, like that's a great place to start. Um, but Julie, you also mentioned something in the beginning of like striving to be perfect and like not making mm-hmm. mistakes. And it brought me back to a conversation that we had at, mm-hmm. at leader school, like when I was a senior or going to be a junior, going to be a senior, trying to decide on when, where I was going to go to college. Yeah. And you were like, Kelsey, worst that happens is you transfer. Like worst mm-hmm. that happens, there's like always going to be something 
that like you'll like there'll be something after like it's not like just because you make a mistake or just because you do something that's not exactly perfect or part of your plan um you'll learn something and so um I like always think about that when I'm like trying to like make a decision and stuff so um well, and like, sometimes the things I feel like what you're saying too is like sometimes the thing we don't the things we don't plan for are the things that actually make our lives whole, right? Like I can tell you so many times that I didn't get things that I applied for and I was so bummed and like I still remember, you know, I'm I'm a senior and I'm a senior in college and I'm like I'm going to grad school next year and I know I'm going to Canisius um and and I did assistantship day and I didn't get an assistantship. And for those of you listening that don't know what that is, it's basically like a paid internship so that you can go to grad school um, at a lower cost or for free. And I know that's the only way I'm going, right? That's the only way I'm going to grad school is if I have an assistantship. And I didn't get one. And I didn't get one at Canisius. And I was so upset. I mean, I still have this memory. I'm in Applebee's with my mom, crying in an Applebee's. So if you ever feel like you haven't hit a low point, people, go to Applebee's (laughs) and just sob about your life. That's what I was doing while I was, like, like, eating, like, fried, terrible food and just, like, sobbing, being like, Mom, like, this is a sign. Like, this has to be a sign. Like I didn't get an assistantship and like, I'm not cut out for student affairs. Like I'm never going to be successful. And you know, my mom being my mom is like, well, this is Julie. And, um, five seconds later, my phone rings and it's RIT for an assistantship. I applied to at RIT literally mid sob. Okay. People mid sob. And they're like, we'd like to offer you an assistantship opportunity in the school, you know, and like at RIT and orientation. And I honestly, that was the best assistantship I ever had in my life. The people that I met there, I'm still connected to. I invited them to my wedding. Like they are people that have totally inspired my student affairs journey. And if I hadn't gone there, I don't think I would have had the same, like, I don't think I would have had the same resilience that I that I had to have in the job search, right? Like you're not going to get everything you apply for. And I got to spend an extra year in Rochester with all of my college friends and be able to hang out with all of them. And guess what? I don't get to do that anymore. And, and so it was this really cool part in my life that I got to just live. And I'm so grateful for that. So anytime something doesn't work out, something better always does. And so that's, I think what I was trying to tell you, Kels at that point was just, you know, who cares if you pick the wrong school? Who cares yeah. if you get an assistantship? Something's going to work out. It always does. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of going off that, thinking more about like your leadership principles, what kind of le- like got you to where you are today? You talked a little bit about empathy in the beginning, um, but what's your secret sauce? What's your leadership style? Oh, that's a good question. My secret sauce. Hmm, that's fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I think... For me, I think in order to be a leader, you have to genuinely want to be a leader. And I know that sounds really like cliche, but like if you're going to be miserable all the time being in a leadership position, you probably shouldn't be in that leadership position, right? And if you're only doing it because you feel like you have to do it, you're not you're not going to genuinely be a good, A, you're not going to be a good leader and B, you're going to be making yourself miserable and C, you're going to be making everyone else around you miserable as well. And so I guess my secret sauce is just like a genuine desire to do what I do and to be around the people I'm around and to make an impact on, 
on people. And, you know, I went through a big transition this year. I went from working with first year students and governors, shout out to any governors, people that are listening, some gov love up in here. Um, And it was time for me to move on out of residence life. And so I moved over to the medical school and, you know, I just had a genuine desire to work with this population of people that I don't think people think about that much. Right. They're like, you know, they're like, well, they're going to be doctors. They know how to take care of themselves. They're going to be doctors. They have all this money. They're going to be doctors. And there's all these really, um, like there's these really, there's these stereotypes out there that just don't make sense. Right. Like, yeah, they're medical students. They, they can't have jobs. So yeah, they don't have any money. So that's a fun one. Or, um, you know, they're constantly studying and they don't have any time to take care of themselves and they don't know how to make the time to take care of themselves. And there's this competition that was started, I think in the pre-med world where it's like, it's almost a competition of how much sleep you can't get, you know, just to study. And it's, it's a terrible, terrible cycle that we find ourselves in. So for me, it's being inspired by the people that I'm going to work with, make me a good leader. Like if I genuinely care about the students and the population I'm with, um, I'm going to want to lead that. And I'm going to want to make them feel special and I'm going to want to make sure that they're taken care of. So to wrap it up, my secret sauce, I guess, is just like compassion for the group of people you're working with and genuine desire to want to work with them. Love that. I think that's such a great way to look at it and such a great leadership style to have. And as the wife of a current medical intern uh, who just graduated med school last year. I know that we need more people like you um, in the medical field to make sure that they are getting their sleep and that they are eating um, because it's, the struggle is real there. Um, so if you are a pre-med student, it gets better. We promise. Just yeah. hang in there. It's going to be okay. And there needs to be a culture change for sure. Agreed. For sure. Um, but I think that rolls in nicely to our very last question for you. We'd love to know what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given and are you willing to share it? Oh God. Yeah. So much advice. It's going to take me a minute to think of the best piece of advice. Well, what I will say, I guess, um, while I'm thinking about this is anybody who's willing to give you advice, like, listen, I think sometimes even my mom, like if I'm thinking about like hanging out with my mom today, like hung out with my mom all day. And, and, and sometimes like, I'm sure you guys know, like she has a very well meaning, but like, it's like, Julie, you should turn down this street when I'm going to turn up the street ahead or Julie, you should buy this at the grocery store instead of this. And, and sometimes I think we get so in our own head of like, no mom, this is what I'm doing. And this is what, and it's a silly example, but I think when people offer advice, we're so quick to be like, no, I know what I'm doing. I don't need your advice. And we need to pause more and just be like, no, maybe they have a point. Or maybe I should think about that. Um, the best piece of advice I've given, I've been given is about boundaries. Boundaries are important. And I think, and I think a lot of leaders and student leaders will, this will resonate with them. But you can get so wrapped up in the community that you're in and in your friendships and in your family relationships. And if you're an empathetic leader, a lot of times people will come to you. And while that is amazing, and I always want people to feel safe coming to me, sometimes you have to set a boundary for yourself and realize what's healthy for you and what's not. 
And then you have to set those boundaries with other people. Like just because you're a good listener doesn't mean I can pick up your phone call at three o'clock in the morning all the time. Or just because, um, you know, you're struggling with A, B, and C doesn't mean that I can be there for every single step of that, of that process. But I am happy to be there for A and B, right? So I think you kind of have to, you have to check in with yourself um, and make sure that what you are doing is healthy for you and that you are also making yourself a priority. And for a really long time, that felt really selfish because I'm like, no, leadership is selfless. Like I have to not, you know, it, it, I, I can't worry about me. Like I'll be fine, you know? And you get to a point where you're so emotionally and mentally depleted that you can't even give to yourself. And if you can't give to yourself, you can't actually give to other people around you. Mm-hmm. And so the boundaries really come into play there when it's like you have to be able to tell people what you want and tell people what you're okay with and what you're not okay with. And learning how to do that is something that I, you know, I'm, I'm still learning every day, but that you have to challenge yourself to do, because once you set a boundary, it's like going to the gym, you know, you like, hate to do it. But once you get in a good routine, <laughs> it feels really good, you know? And, um, <laughs> and you know, I think that that has been a really good piece of advice for myself is that like what I want for my life also matters. Um, and what feels good for me also matters. Um, so yeah, I've, but I've been given a lot of good advice. I really have. And, I, and I'm really grateful for the people in my life that, that take a second and are like, Julie, I'm going to check you. Like, I'm going to let you know, like, you know, you could, this is something you could do differently or, you know, in my experience, this, you know. Um, so yeah, I believe in listening to advice, even sometimes when you don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I think our students and our listeners really need to hear that sometimes just Reminding yourself it's okay to listen to advice. You don't always have to take it, but at least listen to it and, and take it into account and consider it potentially. So, yeah. And I think it's really aggravating sometimes when you get unsolicited advice. You're like, mm-hmm. well, I wasn't really asking you. <laughs> I was just like letting you know that like I had a crap day and like, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't ask for you to tell me what I should be doing differently with my life. Right. Yeah, that's a valid feeling to feel. And sometimes we shouldn't just give people unsolicited advice without their consent. So sometimes you just need to say like, hey, you know what? I went through something similar. Do you mind if I just share some thoughts with you? Do you mind if I just give you some advice? Like if you're not open to it, that's totally fine. Like I, I'll, I'll shut up. But like if you're interested in hearing, you know, my perspective on things, like I'm happy to share. Mm-hmm. So if you're that person that's always giving relationship advice or <laughs> you know what I'm talking, you know, those people, mm-hmm. um, you also might need to check yourself because you might be giving out too much advice left and right. So. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yep, you yep. all have that friend. You all have that friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, Julie, happy to say that you were never that friend that you always gave wonderful, uh, great no, advice. I think people might argue with you on that one, but yeah. <laughs> Well, from from Kelsey and I's experience, you've always given us great advice and it's never been unsolicited. And if it was, we definitely appreciate it and needed to hear it. Um, But we want to say thank you so much for your time, um, giving some solicited advice to all of our students. And and most importantly, (laughs) reminding us to practice that empathy, really lead with compassion um, and reminding us to also create healthy boundaries. Um, Healthy boundaries allow us to lead a little bit better, um, continue to lead others in the best way possible. So we appreciate those wonderful reminders and all of the advice you're able to give to us today. So thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. Go Bulls, everybody. Go Bulls. Have a good one. Bye. Have a good one. Bye.
Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Lead On. We hope you join us next week to discover more secrets of great leadership. In the meantime, lean in and lead on.